0: Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Welcome to The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horne.
1: Thanks for joining us. It's Thursday here on The Morning Answer, practice Friday, five days till election day. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, happy, literally honored to be with you, kind of navigating through this year. And Ooh, it has I don't know been, if it culminates in uh, oh, in five days or if we just spray a little more gasoline on the 2020 yeah. fire. I
2: think there'll be a time, a month or two from now, that you might listen back to this tape and say, Oh, look at me so, How Pollyanna, cute. thinking all the struggle was over for 2020, not... Not that uh, you know. I don't want anyone to really, really, really struggle any more than has already been hoisted upon us. But I do believe this election will be. Uh, I do believe. I mean, if I had to bet, if you had to bet, would you bet that the outcome is going to be? Well, uh, two bets. First bet, confusing. Confused.
1: Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm going to give you my you, honest opinion. Are you ready?
2: I have two questions. So will it will be confused. Don't go beyond that word. Will, that it, be will it be confused? Will be confused. Will be a confused outcome.
1: Probably, but here's – it- So, could, let me just clarify because I think it matters. Sure. So Sure. In my heart, yes. and I think that's driving me. I feel why like why are you there's- talking like
2: William? What? No, in my heart, I think oh. that
1: there's going to yeah. like I want there to be a clear outcome. Yep. But this year has constantly surprised us time and time again. And I think if it were going to be a confused outcome and if we are going to have to wait for days before we know an, a, who will win, um, I think it's this year that could give it to us. So my gut instinct is to tell you, no, I think we'll know in a short amount of time who the winner is. But this year has thrown so many curveballs that I'm I'm second guessing myself.
2: Here's my second question with a higher barometer, a higher standard, Mm -hmm. a greater incident. Will it be legally disputed, the outcome? Will the election be legally disputed in court or courts?
1: Again, my mind will tell me no, but I also know I'm a realist. (laughs) I know I'm giving you yeses and nos, but the reason why I think it's a possibility, I think it's like 60-40 right now, is that you have so many lawyers for the Trump campaign and for the Biden campaign already setting up shop in some of these key states. Right. They're going to be questioning everything. And the, the, Biden loser, ca- the Biden camp has already said they won't accept uh, a Trump win. Well, uh, and
2: the Trump campaign has been very, very has, – has, has been – President Trump himself has been – uh I'm going to use the word thick-headed and won't even acknowledge that he might lose. Saying well, he, be a, questions,
1: so the, he, questions he questions the that He questions the premise that
2: he could ever lose. Oh, look, I think your point is right. The de- On November four, if we know a winner on Tuesday night, which I agree with you, I don't know that we necessarily will, the losing candidate will turn to the leader of that team of legal experts and say, what do you got? Give me the best one right on the top of the list.
1: Well, and the sad thing is, and this is why – You know that's true. Uh, well, and uh, what really makes me crazy about this election process is that and it, i think we've argued about it i don't want to stop people from voting i want everybody to get out there and vote and i don't care if you're voting for my guy Mr. be president trump if you're just joining us or not i want you to go out there and vote but what i take issue with are the nine states that have completely changed the rules because of covid that mm-hmm. have cr- that are going to be ripe for confusion if even if you don't believe in voter fraud i think they're ripe for voter fraud but if you don't believe in that for whatever reason mm-hmm. the fact that there's confusion i've had people say to me I didn't know that you can go and vote in person in California because of this new universal mail-in, I've had people say, I want to make sure my ballot gets there, so I'm going to use UPS or FedEx, which they will disqualify if you do that. You have to use the Postal Service if you mail in. There is a lot of there is a lot of uncertainty about these new rules that were rolled out in a very short amount of time. Yep. And uh, to me, and this is not political gen talking here, this is about the greater good. This mm-hmm. is not good for anybody. And uh, I think because of that confusion, it is very possible that you have people take taking advantage of it and uh, and then you're going to bring in legal people to try to to filter through what's legal and what's not in, in taking advantage of the new set of rules.
2: On the morning answer here for a Thursday talking about the election only 5 days away, a presidential election, many others and of course we'll run those down and props and all of that. And this is not political Brian responding to not political Jen. This is real world Brian asking you. Um you said there's a lot of uncertainty with regard to these ballots and, this, and these voting mechanisms, and I agree with you. You're obviously right. There's also been this year unprecedented – there's that word again – uncertainty in the lives of all Americans. I ask you to imagine a hypothetical male person who is 83, and this man – Not a in, mailman, but like a
1: boy, right? Not John
2: Kasich's father.
1: Okay. I was just checking Because when you said an 83-year-old mailman, I'm like, dude, that guy's got – Did I say a mailman? Well, man? I
2: so? I did say that, huh? <laughs> A male person. Okay. <laughs> and he's 83 yeah. and he lives in Sherman Oaks. And uh, he's ill. Mm-hmm. He has uh, various illnesses. He might He's ill with COVID-19. In fact, he's got the coronavirus. Uh, he had it. He had it. But he's feeling, you know, but he did recover. But he's feeling, you know, some effects of it and all of this. Uh, his his months of his of his most recent life have been so confused for him personally, obviously as you can imagine, uh, and for his family wanting only to be concerned about him and make him well and all of this. And throughout that, they didn't get an absentee ballot; It just slipped their mind because you know they they had to save his life. Mm-hmm. So now it's November third. Um, he can't. Doctors' orders, and my gosh, there there—it's a dire consequence potentially. He can't leave the house. Um. Are you going to ring his doorbell from six feet away and look him, and he's a veteran too, are you going to look him in the eyes at 83 and say, sir, I'm sorry, you can't vote?
1: I'm going to say that, you know... And if if you don't,
2: who should, because that's what you support.
1: I believe in rules, and I believe in rules and regulations. I think everybody's got a a story to tell, and, you know, some people have really tragic stories to tell. Unfortunately, Election Day is is November 3rd, and that is the day I believe most people should go in person to vote. But that being said... Absentee ballots are something that I would imagine. If this guy's in as terrible shape as you paint him to be, he probably already well, has a lot of an absentee ins- ballot already that he's applied for.
2: Oh no, no, there are a lot of people who had. Uh, he's in exactly the if shape. He's
1: eighty-three, and uh, uh, you know, got okay. Okay. some issues.
2: Don't just be at the premise. I'm you just saying, if he's eighty-three, vote. he's
1: probably already on the rolls as having. Again, that's why I said an, an, a, an absentee ballot. Year. Like but you said,
2: great uncertainty with the election. So the, great uncertainty, with the election.
1: idea that we take a bunch of mail and just hope that it gets to the right people mm-hmm. does not give people great faith and so wanna... just as much as you might give me an example of the story that is based on false premise i can tell I you one. i can tell you in real life yeah. how many people i have heard have gotten 5 ballots 18 ballots uh-huh three ballots, ballots that did not belong to them. And so I'd ask you this. Isn't that as much of a problem as maybe that one person who feels the limitation, even though there are things that that person can do to go vote?
2: We'll go overboard by 30 seconds, but I'm going to ask you this question. It was only months ago that uh, a, a an airline was turned around in midair because a three-year-old autistic child would not wear, the mother could not get the mask on the child mm-hmm. in the flight. You said to me on the air, Brian, come on, shouldn't we make an exemption for this child without a mask? to fly in the days of COVID-19. I asserted that there could be no exceptions to that important. You said, I think there could be for that. But for an 83-year-old veteran who who, who can't vote, you can't make an exception? This
1: is your fake 83-year-old veteran. But
2: Jennifer... The
1: the idea here, Brian, is that there are rules. And look, and here's the thing with the mother. If she's got to fly with her kid, you make some exceptions. You're human. I mean, we make some exceptions. He's human. The voter's human. There are
2: people like that man. And
1: he can get an absentee ballot. And so there's also some responsibility here. If you want to get an absentee ballot... You can, and you have had that opportunity in this state for a very long time. All right, we'll continue to follow that story because the election is heating up. Early voting is well underway. We'll give you some numbers, but first, I want to tell you about Midas Gold Group because you've been hearing a lot about them on AM870. They're right here in Thousand Oaks, and I'm so happy to recommend their incredible services. Midas Gold Group is the number one veteran-owned. Maybe they know your fake friend, uh, dealer of gold and precious metals. <laughs> the country. If you're buying or selling gold, silver or precious metals, go meet these guys in person for fast, reliable and professional service. Midas Gold is the best place to buy and sell your precious metals. And did you know that they also offer gold IRA service? Now, with the recent volatility in the stocks, many investors are using a little known structure that allows you to use existing IRA or old 401k to own physical gold and do it tax free. Call or go see my friends at Midas Gold Group. Ask for a free copy of their IRA guide. Call 805-601-6000 or go to Midas at goldgroup.com, 805-601-6000. Tell them Jennifer Horn sent you, 805-601-6000, a big number for the GDP. We will give you full analysis as our friend Stephen Moore joins us as your Thursday Morning Answer continues. The Morning
0: Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Jen is the conservative crusader. Brian is our lovable liberal. Welcome to The Answer.
1: Thanks for joining us. It is Thursday, five days until Election Day. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, and that song means only one thing, Whitman. It means it's time. Yeah
2: i got to call the IRS. That's what that means.
1: Oh, no. That's <laughs> something different. But maybe we could talk to him about the IRS. He is, I is, is he's our with... chief economist here at The Morning Answer. I'm not sure if he deals with your personal issues, oh. let's say relations with the IRS, but we can ask him. Oh, no. Him. They're fine people. <laughs> Joining us every week at this time is our friend Stephen Moore. He's the author of Trumponomics. He is an advisor, an economic advisor to uh, President Trump. You can follow him on Twitter at Stephen Moore. And, Steve, it is a mm. great day. Good morning to you.
3: Good morning. What a great day. I mean, I've I just got this big bursting smile on my face this morning, uh,
1: uh,
3: Brian, and Jennifer, because, Why? of course, we got this unbelievably great number on the U.S. economy with 33 percent growth in the mm-hmm. GDP in the third quarter, which, by the way, doubles the old record going back to 1948 or something mm-hmm. like that uh, in wow. terms of just a blockbuster uh, quarter for for growth. It's, and by the way, it didn't happen with government stimulus. It was all private sector activities, private businesses, private consumers, private investors who went out there and were rebuilding at an amazing pace. But nobody thought this was possible. It's, it's really pretty incredible how fast the economy has rebounded.
1: You know, Steve, I want to, you know, I've got to take you to task. You know, usually we get along so swimmingly.
2: You guys do. What is there? But is there a fissure or fracture in the
1: relationship? When we talked last yeah. week, you, what did gave, I do? you gave us a prediction, Steve. You said 33%. And my friend, you were a little pessimistic. It was 33.1%. Yeah, come kidding? on now, Stephen.
2: <laughs> I'm a stickler <laughs> as well, darn it. I joined no, my guys, lady on that I,
1: one.
3: I gave you some false information.
2: Yeah, I was outside by <laughs> on percent no, no, you get, ke- news, ke- No, ke- I heard Kellyanne Conway talk about. <laughs> turn your facts, turn facts. 33%, 33.1%. you got to stick with one. Now, I Granted, no. you were close. Granted, you were close. I'll give you that. Case. No,
1: it was great. And you were right on the money, Steve Moore. So what does this mean for the people who are maybe just, you know, kind of diving into to finance to, to this? How much optimism does this show from the American people that we are on our way, that this is more than just a slow recovery, more than a moderate recovery, that we are on our way back to a full throttle push towards where we were before this all started?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, six months ago, if uh, if we've been talking about this, and, and uh, you know, I'm a wild-eyed optimist, uh, and I never anticipated we'd see the economy come back so quickly. And, I, by the way, it's a tribute. But obviously, Trump has had a big part of it, but it's really just a tribute to the resiliency of our small business men and women around the country who, who sold businesses and got whacked by the virus and, and got locked down and shut down. And they basically, you know, uh, really just rebuilt their, got back on their feet and rebuilding and it's a tough process you know we have some states that are actually now involved in some more lockdowns again which i think is very foolish but it, it really is a is a sign that america is back by the way europe is nowhere near back like we are europe is way behind us their their growth rates are about half of what we are so we're doing something right i think um you know i i do worry a little bit uh, Jennifer, about uh, some of these states that are starting to lock down again, because the one thing we have yep. learned from the virus over the last nine months is that, you know, lockdowns of businesses uh, have not been very successful. They've killed the economy, but they haven't have not been a good way to, to deal with this uh, virus. So, you know, we just got to keep plowing ahead. We've got to keep plowing ahead, keeping, keep, you know, obviously doing things that are safe for our health, you know, social distancing and when appropriate wearing a mask and, and you know, not going into crowded places with poor ventilation. Sure. But, uh, you know, we, we have to move forward. You know, our, our economy is how we survive. You know, if we, if we just shut down everything, we're not going to have food. We're not going to have housing. We're not going to have, you know, the, the kinds of goods and services we need. So Steven? I'm very happy with where we are right now.
2: I'm, I, and, and, and congratulations, because that's your area of consultation to the president, and those numbers are good. Here's something that is not your area of consultation. It's electability and handling polls and things like that. The yes, election, of course. <laughs> I hear you. I know, you know, my friend. And I'm, I don't want to be, I never, ever want to be the guy who's remembered as having race. We rained call
1: on him some- the joy killer. No, here. stop that. Don't you do that.
2: No, uh, the election is Tuesday. Of course, today is Thursday. Wait a uh,
1: is there, an, is there an election on Tuesday? Well, only for conservatives. <laughs> Biden voters go Wednesday. That's right. Jen has her uh, quad quadrennial yeah.
2: so warning. The liberals want us to, to vote on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday until they
1: have enough votes well, until they
3: win. The liberals want you're pe- right. The liberals
2: want liberty. Liberals want liberty. We want to vote. OK, so, Stephen, here's the thing. Uh, we've often talked as a political note that uh, it's reality. It has been called into question now by the U.S. News and World Report, CNBC as well. ABC News with the story on it. Uh, The U.S. News and World Report, uh, just on the 21st of this month, that was, uh, well, seven days ago or so, poll, Joseph Biden pulls ahead of Donald Trump on handling of the economy. A new poll two weeks before Election Day has Biden narrowly outperforming President Trump on the economy, once a top issue for the president. How big a deal is that, Stephen?
3: Well, I don't believe that vote for one. I've never even met anyone who, I mean, I know a lot of people are going to vote for Biden, but none of them actually think that Biden would be better for the economy. I don't think any rational person believes that. I mean, you may just, a lot of people are voting against Trump because they just don't like him. They don't like his personality. They don't like his antics. And by the way, sometimes I don't like his antics. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think you have to have your head examined if you actually think that Biden would be better for handling our economy. And we've, we have a president who, you know, built the best economy in the history of the United States. In the first three years of, of, of his presidency by the end of 2019 we had the lowest poverty rate in the history of the country in american history we never had a fewer percentage of poor people than we did after uh trump was president we had the biggest income gains uh, ever in the history of the country with with massive gains in every every uh, group blacks whites hispanics asians lgbtq you know women uh you know So then the results were great and now we've got this powerhouse You know, the way I put it, Brian, is, look, we are right now riding on the back of Secretariat. When you're riding on the back of Secretariat, you don't get off the horse and change horses. You just don't do that. And, you know, I hope we don't do it. Uh, Brian, I'm going to make a bet with you. And, and Jennifer, you're going to be the witness to this. Okay, I am going to bet, Brian, a... uh, Dinner uh, at my favorite restaurant in Los Angeles, which is Mulberry Street if, Pizza and, and. I will buy you a dinner at your favorite restaurant in Los Angeles. but okay. I'm betting that Donald Trump
2: is going to be re-elected president on Tuesday night.
1: Yes, I like that. Uh, and you I, know what? um I,
2: I <laughs> I'm going like to my spirit. I'm going to lead with my spirit. You're on, okay. Stephen Moore. You're on. Okay. I, bed, as long as you guys, guys take
1: me, I think. Got a stamp in you. Can you get a signature? I'm not. And you can. Yeah, and you notice Jennifer already,
2: pardon the pun, Jennifer already
1: horning in so yeah. that she gets
2: to be part of the know, no, no matter I who is, wins. The bet
1: <laughs> is that you have to take me no matter what. But I right. think President Trump is going to win, too. I am a little <laughs> nervous Brian, about the...
2: Brian, we, uh, yes. are, we
1: are
3: surging in the polls. In the last 72 yeah. hours, Trump has made up a lot of ground. And that was before this report that came out this morning. By the way, the other thing that happened, Jennifer, this morning, we didn't even talk about it, unemployment insurance claims fell That's right. again. So
1: I want to ask you... 30 you seconds. Don't out, folks. You we're don't. On, we're on what if the and horse has COVID? I want to ask you this 30 seconds. <laughs> Stephen Moore, I got to ask, because you are our chief economist yeah. here. By, and we haven't talked since the debate. President Trump gave a stellar performance in the debate last week. That's leading to this momentum, this surge, yeah. I think, in voters. And Joe Biden said two things that I think are going to be problematic. Number one, ban fracking, right? That's going to be a problem in uh, Pennsylvania, yeah, and some of the other problem. states. He also has been really holding on to this idea that he's going to raise taxes on what he considers the rich, 400,000. 30 seconds, Stephen, I know this is tough. How will raising taxes on the rich increase the I- I- increase problems for the rest of us?
3: Well, because when you uh, raise taxes on investment, and uh, when you raise taxes on people who work and when you raise taxes on people who start businesses, you get more businesses and more investment. Oh, whoops. No, I actually, I got that wrong. It's the opposite, of course. When you tax something, you get less of it. When you tax something less, you get more of it. Raising taxes right now on our businesses is a terrible idea. And the 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 uh, you know the idea of, of, of killing our oil and gas industry, i got to tell you, I've been in Ohio and Pennsylvania, two must-win states. And uh, those are those are oil and gas producing states, and they realize that that a Joe Biden presidency would mean uh, hundreds of thousands of lost jobs in that area. So I I think you're right, Jennifer. uh, uh, Biden really stepped on the, on
1: those two issues. Steve Moore, you are the man. And when we speak at this time next week, we will know.
2: I can't
3: wait that President
1: Trump has won Whoa, re-election. Lady. Right? All right.
2: <laughs> I wish you the best, Stephen. Congratulations on the on the numbers report. It it really is. It's an, it's it, it should be attributed in large part it's
1: to. It's, it's good country. for America. It's good. for That's That's right, We're Stephen back. Moore. You are USA USA. <laughs> Love oh, he's it. unhinged You're now. The he's best. unhinged. Stephen he Moore, the best. follow him right now at Stephen Moore, and he is with us. Every single Thursday, we'll talk to him again next week, post-election. And it'll be a lot of fun, and we'll see who wins that bet. All right, as we continue, President Trump hits the road in Florida. We'll tell you what to expect today in your Donald Daily Download as your Thursday Morning Answer continues.
0: Every morning, breaking news and talk you can trust. This is The Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn.
1: Lowering taxes
2: with my music and my friends. I can't wait to get on the road with Melanie and Mike Pence again. <laughs> on the road again. I'll spread droplets on the road again. <laughs> you know, he's on the air. Turn, turn him down. He's, uh, the president's traveling, right? He's Jenner's
1: singing. Leave him yeah, alone. let's listen more. Sure.
2: I'll breathe those droplets on that road again. I'll, ha, ha, on the road again. <laughs> I, I don't want to. Uh, but, you know, he's going on the road. This is yes. a big headline on this um, morning's.
1: Battle in the Donald Daily Download. By the way, you found your Thursday morning answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn DDD, Donald Daily Download, right now.
0: This is The Answer with Brian and Jen. I see Joe Biden giving softball after softball. I've seen all of his
2: interviews. He's never been asked a question that's hard. The Donald Daily Download. From the White House briefing room, that was um, Harvey Firestein just <laughs> the other day. No, President Trump, I guess with a little frog in the throat there. Listen,
1: President okay. Trump is in Florida today. She he actually oh, Love was her, coughing. Folks. I was coughing. Lo- I'm sorry. Love her.
2: She ignores did me when not, I do
1: that. Did you not notice me go like this?
2: <laughs> I'm trying to tell the audience. You're, she's your gal. She ignores me when I say that. Damaging, potentially damaging stuff at the ballot
1: box. Well, I don't hear that. Oh. Please. All right. Uh, five days till the election. President Trump was yesterday in Arizona for two events. He was in Nevada as well. He sees potential. Hillary Clinton won Nevada, but he obviously his campaign has identified some vulnerabilities there. He was in Nevada and has been over the last couple of weeks making some stops all throughout the state. He we is- mentioned that the other
2: morning, Nevada seems to be really a state coming out as one that's really high, high, high interest for President Trump in this reelection effort.
1: Yeah, you see him spending a lot of time there, New Hampshire. I'm sure, New Mexico. Those are all states that President Trump won where they actually think that there could be potential for him to pick those up. Right now, President Trump is defending the states that he won in 2016. So he needs to defend those. But he's also looking to expand, and he's looking to expand in the direction of Nevada and New Hampshire primarily. But many people in the RNC think that New Mexico is very much in play as well. It also shows you when you go to those states that only have four electoral votes that they realize every single electoral vote is going to count. You can't take any of them. For granted, it's as true. You watch ne- their working as you watch their work ethic in the week leading up to the to the big day on Tuesday.
2: Jen, you're certainly right. We'll hear from the president momentarily. You're right about Nevada, four only four, but consequential potentially all the way on here Nevada on the west side. One, like, New
1: Mexico is what I was referring to with oh, four. I think Nevada has six. If I'm not Nevada,
2: mistaken. oh yes, yes, yes. New Mexico uh, on the western side of the United States, all the way on the East Coast, New Hampshire with only four electoral votes, getting a lot of attention. President Trump was there last week, I believe.
1: Yeah. So these uh, every single one will matter. Sir. Certainly, The president went after Arizona to Florida, spent the night in Miami, and is waking up there this morning. He'll do, I think, two or three campaign events. One of them today will be done in Tampa. And what's unique about this is that for the first time this campaign season, both Trump and Biden will be he- holding competing rallies. It- of sorts. They'll be at different times, but. Different
2: venue as well. Right? President
1: Trump will be in Tampa first, and then a couple of hours later, Joe Biden will be doing one of his like drive in rallies where he brings the cars in and they all honk their horn. And, you know, it's a.
2: That's
4: a bunch right. of remarks.
2: Yeah, the people come through and they say, I would like a middle class tax break. <laughs> you want a laptop with that corn pop? <laughs> <laughs> I think is that
1: not how it goes? I think Maybe. that's kind of how it goes. So yesterday in Arizona, President Trump was talking about big tech. The reason he was talking about big tech—Google, Facebook, Twitter—is because they were being um, grilled on Capitol Hill. We'll talk about that I promise during the morning. Where. Uh, Jack Dorsey from Twitter got into a really heated exchange with Ted Cruz about why Twitter chooses to bury some stories and why other stories are allowed to show up on the platform. President Trump talked about big tech's role in censoring the story about Joe Biden, Jim Biden and Hunter Biden.
0: It's a powerful party and the party is totally joined with the fake news media, the stream media right there. And they're totally joined with the big tech, big tech. I don't know, Section two thirty. Does anyone know what section two thirty you do? Section two thirty, I think, wow. You know? Tremendous corruption on behalf of the Biden. Tremendous. Do you know you can't find it anywhere in the media other than the New York Post, which I'm very proud of, and they endorsed me the other day too, by the way. But you can't find it anywhere in the media, anywhere. It's not on any of the it's not in Facebook. They have trending. They always put me trending. I will give you 25 things that I've done over my life. They make it negative. Always negative trending. But sleepy Joe Biden, with all the corruption, all the theft, all the money they took out of these countries that we end up paying for in states. you can't find it in big tech, and you can't find it at the Washington Post the New York Times because they're crooked, they're dishonest, and we caught them.
2: Forget big tech. President Trump should be more concerned with the conspiracy agents uh, (laughs) operating in the audio booth there at those rallies. Uh, But uh, uh, look, uh, big tech, it doesn't refer to – look, IBM. Uh, start as a computer company. You know what I'm saying? Uh, GE General Electric is. Uh,
1: but they build more hardware. I think when you talk understood. about big tech, that's what
2: I'm defining it. Yeah. Uh, help me, please. No, you, you please do help. Let's help the, the listener know that's when you talk Facebook. About,
1: yeah, when you talk about big tech, you talk about the uh, more of the intellectual property, some of the decisions about pushing out information so you're talking about google you're talking about facebook about twitter about instagram about big tech companies and that's owned by facebook but that a lot of platforms control narratives that control stories speech. speech that control speech correct now do you want to have a serious moment yes of course or do you want to have a fun moment
2: I want to have both. It's the morning answer. But I think the most important thing needs to be first.
1: Well, we're going to have a little fun first, because at the rally yesterday, President Trump was talking about sending the first woman to Mars by 2024. And someone from the crowd shouts out, send Nancy Pelosi. And he thought it was pretty funny. This is how it all played out.
0: we will
5: be the first nation to land an astronaut on Mars. Maybe we'll make that a woman, too. Maybe we should make that a woman, too. What do you think, Michael? He said, make it Nancy Pelosi. That's. (laughs) Who said that? That's pretty good. to Stand up, please. Look (laughs) at
2: this guy. Hey.
5: That's pretty good. I didn't say it. I'm just repeating it. You know, they'll say they say he incites trouble. He loves trouble. No, I don't. Thank you very much. That was very good. Are you a comedian professionally?
2: Uh I know. Now I offer? I offer my services. Why President Trump needs Whitman writing for him. Mm-hmm. Hand him a card immediately. I've done it for the, for the best of them. She looks so crazy here. Imagine it was zero gravity. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> That, uh, you know what I mean? And said that I
1: like it for her face and push back a little bit. Right. I mean, and
2: I'd say, Mr. President, do a visual gag. Put your face well, with this, yeah, with the with this white spot around your eyeball. Oh, with the tanning, yeah. But no, he could do that. Yeah, if she looks this crazy here, imagine with Zero Gravity. But that guy in the audience, are you, are you a comedian? He's asking – that began a job interview.
1: Yeah.
2: Are you a comedian? I need a nickname. Would you like to be? I need a nickname for Andrew Cuomo <laughs> and uh, for uh, – for the, uh, I tell you, for, for Chuck Schumer, <laughs> I need two, three options on both in 30 minutes. Good luck.
1: <laughs> President like, Trump, uh, he has fun. I mean, could Joe Biden do that? I don't know that he could. No, Pres- he couldn't. President he- Trump on the stage in Arizona talking about Latino voters.
5: Latino home ownership is now at an all-time high, all-time high. And by the way, if you look at new houses, if you look at automobile production, it's hard to believe it literally is superseding what we had prior to the pandemic, and nobody's even imagining that.
1: Here's something important to uh, to take note of. And as we get this close to election day, yeah. you'll be able to see how these numbers play out. But uh, there are a lot of people who believe that President Trump has actually lost some of the white vote, that more white voters are excited to vote for Biden, but that President Trump is doing extremely well with Latinos, and he's doing extremely well with African-American men, particularly. And uh, obviously, I'm not talking about a complete demographic shift in support but uh-huh. watch incrementally how much support president trump has picked up from minority communities when this all filters out
2: and when the election is this close I, for the here and now an increment can mean a lot you say you say the election is close final donald daily download note election day is four days 14 hours 14 minutes and 30 seconds away at the sound of the tone, tone.
1: President Trump can get 15 percent of support with African Americans; he wins that election. All right, uh, we focus on a congressional race here in California. What's the biggest issue facing you? Yes, you in LA County. Mark Reed joins us as your Thursday morning answer continues.
0: News and talk you can trust. The Morning Answer with Brian Woodman and Jennifer Horne.
1: You know what does a woman need to get a man? <laughs> never listened to the lyrics of this song before Gee,
2: well one of these she could definitely use i mean if you know if he gets out of order Women, or something, you know what <sighs> man. Uh, you asked a question oh.
1: you're out of here well, <laughs> it's your I thursday could... morning answer five days till election day stay down there and you know what while you're down there Oh, 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 I don't have bacteria. Now you're all clean. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. And now that you're all purell we welcome in our friend Mark Reed, who, little trivia here, both Brian and Jen have endorsed it. Mark Reed for Congress. He is the candidate running against Brad Sherman in California's 30th district, and he joins us right now. Hi, welcome. Mark.
4: The morning Good answer. morning, Jennifer oh. and Brian. How are you doing this Good. morning? I had to soften
1: up Whitman a little bit before you got here, Mark. I'm sorry for the violence. Usually, I don't like to do that in front of company, but you, you know, yeah, we, we make it. the exception because you're like family to us.
2: You are. I um, I I, uh, I I um, I see the the artwork here on the internet about the endorsement of both Brian and Jennifer. I don't, I don't recall the the broadcast. I'm quite certain I did endorse I Mark. Okay, because he's a great guy. Now, when Mark. Runs against Brad Sherman, which, by the way, is a reason enough to endorse and pat on the back anyone, because that's like that's like running against a, r- running and trying to keep up with and defeat a locomotive. He's been in Congress so long. Mark Reed, you look at Brad Sherman, I ask you, the voters might say to you, if you meet a voter and they say, Mark Reed, I respect you, always have living in this district, uh, California's uh, congressional district number 30. Uh, but Mark Sherman has been there so long that he brings home the bacon. You know, He's one of these entrenched Washington guys. He brings home a lot of moolah-schmoolah resources for people like me in the district. I'm not in it, but I'm playing the part of someone who is. What do you say to that, Mark, as you challenge uh, – what do you say, Mark Reed, as you challenge Sherman?
4: Well, Brad Sherman is continually uh, – yeah, Go ahead. Brad, Brad Sherman has continually backed policies that are going to raise our taxes. He's backed a national version and. And co-authored a national version of AB five. He's supportive of California's taxes going to sixty-two percent. He's been negligent in the district. he In fact, during the pandemic, when we needed him most, he came to the district after six months into the pandemic. He has bailed out on the Aliso Canyon. His Aliso Canyon gas blowout has been five years now. He hasn't gotten any comprehensive legislation or new safety measures. Uh, in place to either shut the thing down or create it to be a safe operating facility, and it's at full operating capacity again. You know, Brad Sherman has been absent. People are sick and tired of this hate that's going on between the two parties. You know, I listened to Mike's uh, Mike Garcia's uh, uh, interview yesterday morning, mm-hmm. Yep. and we need more citizen legislators. We, we need sure do. people who are going to go to Washington, D.C. and truly have the capacity to reach across the aisle because they're not there to represent the party. They're there to represent the district. And the district is made up of Republicans, Democrats, declined states, independents, Green Party people, and people who just don't want to vote, so they don't register to vote. This is what our legislators are supposed to do. But Brad Sherman's history, Brad Sherman's record is a failed record. In his 23 years in office, he's authored 163 bills. Only three of them have become law. That's a 99% failure rate. He's co-authored 3,960 bills, which 160 have been written into law. That's a 97% failure rate. Brad Sherman is not what everybody thinks. Well, he's kind
1: of like a low-end Adam Schiff. Like, he causes trouble, but he doesn't really, I mean, he's not all that effective. And, Mark, one of the things that always blows my mind, and we're talking with Mark Reed, he's running for Congress in the 30th Congressional District. That's a lot of the San Fernando Valley. You can find out more information at markreedforcongress.com. You can follow Mark on Twitter, and you should, at markreed twenty fourteen. But, Mark, one of the things that I hear from candidate after candidate is that when they get out and they're actually talking to constituents, that they feel like these guys get elected to Congress and then they never come back to the district. When you're out there talking in the San Fernando Valley, and I don't care if they're Democrat, Republican or somewhere in between, what do people feel like is Brad Sherman's biggest failure? What is he not doing most for the district? Because he's another one of these guys who take off to D.C. and then you never see him again.
4: He's not there for the average working individual in the San Fernando Valley. He's gutted the, the Canoga corridor. He's removed all the high-paying, high-skilled jobs. The majority of the jobs now are retail. You know, you can get a management job in retail. He's just not been there. And his policies that he supported has raised the taxes, raised the cost of living. You know, AB5, the complete assault on the gig worker. It's just emblematic emblematic of Brad Sherman's mentality mentality and policies, just alone. But, you know, what I'm hearing from the constituents, because I, I've taken the Ronald Reagan approach, I've reached out to all the voters. I don't really delineate between Republican, Democrat, decline the state. It's just how do I energize the voters? How do I get them to come out and vote? And how do I get them to vote for me? And it's been working, Jennifer and Brian. Yes, because the Democrats are contacting me now and they're saying we're voting for you. We're sick and tired of this rancor that's going on in Washington, D.C., even though Brad Sherman has come out and said, look, I I can reach across the aisle. Coming from the man who filed impeachment papers two months after President Trump was nominated and elected into office or sworn into office, this is not a guy who can reach across the aisle. This is a guy that has devastated the economy in the San Fernando Valley. He's going after the airports. He's trying to shut down the aviation industry, the aerospace industry. He's shutting down all kinds of industry in the San Fernando Valley because of his policies. He does not look at the ripple effect.
2: Question for you, Mark Reed. You uh, talk about Brad Sherman, by the way, uh, uh, whom you're running against in in the 30th Congressional District here in California. Uh, He has been in Congress... In the House Representative since 1997, Brad Sherman, and right. and and you mentioned that you know uh, the, what the framers wanted was people who represented the the population that they that that voted them in to the corridors of power in Washington D.C. You didn't say, but I know that you know this obviously, and I know it's part of your frustration with someone like Brad Sherman. The framers also wanted people to come participate as congressional representatives. And then go home and live under the laws as so-called regular people, typical people, not not power brokers in Washington, but live under the laws they crafted during that time, brief as it was envisioned to be.
4: Absolutely. Brad Sherman's been at the public trough for not just 24 years, 34 years, because he was in the tax franchise board for 10 years prior to him becoming a congressman. So he knows how to tax you and collect the taxes quite well. And now he's in D.C. passing more Tax bills. Isn't that, that everything we're
2: looking for? In a, in a yeah. Uh, those. Isn't that yeah, the hat I trick? Mean, isn't that everything?
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so realistically, I've told people, look, I'm 63 years old. The maximum, if I'm blessed to be elected, re-elected four more times, the maximum I see myself in D.C. is 10 years, and then I'm going to go home and enjoy my grandchildren. You know, I, yeah. we had our 11th grandchild uh, oh, born
2: congratulations. on. congratulations! Congratulations! Did you have boy or girl?
4: A girl, I have ten granddaughters now and one grandson. Ten
1: and one? Whoa. That spoiled little boy, I tell you what.
4: (laughs) What Or those very...
1: it's really, it's great to chat with you and catch up again. Congratulations on your expanding family. I think it's really sad that we're in the place where you're right. One of the selling points is, hey, I'm only going to, I commit, I'll only be here 10 years because so many members of Congress make it a lifetime term and enrich themselves on the backs of the people that they're trying to serve. And so we appreciate you, Mark, for getting up, getting in this race, a candidate to, running against Brad Sherman in California's 30th district. If you live in the San Fernando Valley, check Mark out. His website is extensive, tells you all about his stance on. On important issues mark reed for congress.com and uh, we wish you the best of luck on tuesday mark
4: i'll say it it's r-r-r-e-e-d i'd like to to mention one thing there's a huge mega rally in the valley on november 1st starting at 10 o'clock the beginning point is at Taft high school Everybody show up at Taft High School at Winnecke and Ventura Boulevard, 10 o'clock this Sunday. Awesome. And we're going to be going down Ventura Boulevard to uh, Van Nuys Boulevard, then from Van Nuys Boulevard across to Burbank Boulevard up to Woodley, and we're going to meet at the Cricket uh, Ta- and Archery Park.
1: Taft High School is the place. Mark Reed is the candidate. You can follow him on Twitter at MarkReed2014. As we continue, is Los Angeles closing up for Election Day We'll tell you as your Thursday, Morning Answer continues.